Welcome to Episode Party, a podcast where we talk about our favourite podcasts. I'm Freddie Harrison. I'm Jack Tutor. And this week we are joined by Tom Wong. Hi, Tom. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks, Tom. Uh, Tom, you come highly recommended by previous guest uh, Luke Leefield, who I think, if memory serves me right, described you as hilarious. So no pressure at all. Brilliant. Thank you, Luke, for that. <laughs> oh, he's got me already. Brilliant. Well, Jack... Take it away with your recommendation, please. Yes. My recommendation is The Pessimist's Archive, which is a history of why we resist new things. That's what it describes itself as. And it's hosted by Jason Pfeiffer, who makes a show with Lewis Anslow and Chris Cornelis. And each episode takes something, a commonplace thing nowadays, like coffee or chain stores or the novel, and then goes back in time to a point at which that thing wasn't prevalent, but probably was just about to be, and then explores the anxieties and fears uh, that that new technology or thing seemed to bring upon people. And in hindsight, obviously a lot of these things sound really ridiculous. And the show basically fuels itself on focusing on the kind of ludicrous nature of what these things look like when we look back on them and the kind of concerns that people were having knowing now that everything's prevalent everything's absolutely fine but what the show does do as well is often contextualize these kind of concerns that we had in the past within our own present anxieties so there's a nice balance going on i think between you know showing people to be pretty preposterous back in the day for being so worried about all of these things uh, but also saying hey we're actually worried about the same kind of things we're just targeting those anxieties at different objects now so the podcast has a lot of fun i mean it it, it interviews experts it brings experts in to talk about certain things so in the case of the episode that i uh, recommended to you it's recorded music so they have various interviews with people who are able to fill in that historical context around why people were worried about uh recorded music at the time And uh, one of the arguments that was put against recorded music was the fact that mothers would potentially stop singing to their children and would put on a gramophone record instead, uh, meaning that their children would just imitate, basically become human gramophones. That's one of the things that they brought up as a concern. Uh, But balanced with like the historical context is a lot of people doing very silly voices and doing silly impressions of people, uh, you know, doing quotes from throughout history explaining why these things uh, you know, are going to be terrible and bring the world down. Um, there's a lot of very goofy humour, which doesn't necessarily always get me, but I think it's kind of essential for the nature of the show, the kind of tone of the show. And I thought this one and recorded music was really informative. I mean, the fact of the podcast for me was where they mentioned the fact that live music, the notion of live music being performed, was invented by the Musicians' Union in order to create a contrast with dead music, which is recorded music. I thought that was bloody wicked. So I generally come away from these episodes suitably informed on the subject itself and the history of these things. And when the show is at its best, it's kind of it's catching that nice balance between 
kind of shooting fish in the barrel by mocking people in the past for not having the vantage point we do now and also saying hey well you know we're not so bright nowadays either some of the episodes tip that balance in the wrong direction there's a couple recently which feel a bit more on the kind of ridiculing people from our history thing uh, and a little less of the sort of humbling context that a lot of the earlier episodes have but overall i really enjoy it i have a good time with it freddie i'd like to know what you think about it yeah, I totally agree, and I think that you've articulated really well uh, one of the kind of conflicting thoughts I had about this podcast, which is this idea that it kind of treads a fine line between shooting fish in a barrel and and, and ridiculing people who were who were worried about stuff, and also being really informative and really well researched. And I think this episode especially was really on that on the side of being really informative and really well researched. I certainly learned quite a lot from it. I I didn't know that the the reason why vocals became prominent in music and uh more valued than they were was because of the the, the musician strike that they had and, yeah. and the fact that they created more music through vocals rather than instruments um i had i had no idea that w- that was a thing and i mean i obviously knew that there was a time when big band music was big and then all of a sudden we moved to having more music with vocalists but i, I didn't know why that was and I, I had no idea it was effectively down to a to a strike of musicians and i did find that really really interesting um i knew a couple of little bits about like the history of how music was like recorded and played back and stuff like that i liked the bit where they talked about uh the gramophone being put in like a in a giant closet because uh people would uh like kids would stick stuff down the uh down the horn and <laughs> yeah, things like that i like that um i thought it was kind of weirdly funny it feels like the kind of thing i would have done um <laughs> Yeah, I I did I did really enjoy it. Um I I I can see myself perhaps yeah, growing a little bit tired of the kind of like haha, weren't people funny when they were scared of things back then. Um kind of thread that perhaps runs through, but I think yeah, like I say, one of the redeeming factors of of this episode is how well researched and how detailed it is. It's not just mocking people, it actually explains their fears it debunks them in a way that's really well explained um but it is really really interesting to hear people's kind of uh yeah these kind of moral panics that kind of happened over over things and um and uh how you know how we thought things would turn out versus how they actually did yeah indeed well i'm glad you got value from it i think you're right i think it's providing that the intake of new information is more than the sense of you know this is just a ridicule on rapid fire at people who aren't there to defend themselves then it's all okay tom what do you reckon i think one of the benefits of only listening to one podcast or one episode of a podcast is you you never have to watch it become the thing that you're worried it might devolve into so you can (laughs) always kind of enjoy it as just the the highlight of the things that you really enjoyed and with this podcast is a really good example. I think there's like three reasons why I might like a podcast. One is the the irrepressible talent of of the host potentially. Um, the other would be just the production of it. Like, just my goodness, they've put so much effort into making this. And then the third is 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 completely ideas based. Uh, you covered a podcast called Everything Is Alive, which is like probably the one thing that I wish I'd made most of anything I've ever experienced. It just made so <laughs> much sense to me when I heard it. Uh, and this podcast is very very similar. It's just such a. It feels like it's such an obvious idea to like explore the panic of of things from the past and show how they've sort of progressed and i agree like i think too much of 
you know, oh, look how goofy people were in the past uh, is, 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 you know, that's a little of that is, 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 is more than enough. But I think that at least for this episode, they were very, they were very good at showing at least maybe it was just me making the connection, but certainly the human uh, gramophone comment, the sense that the mothers wouldn't be with their children. And if it's not, it's not a leap at all to think about smartphones and, or even when, Mm. uh, you know, the Nintendo first came out and people exactly the same, like literally exactly the same words. Right. You could probably go and find an essay written about those devices that echo word for word, the kind of sentiment that, Kids would no longer be creative. Kids would no longer think. They would just be um, these human versions of these devices, and I, that's that for me was was incredible. It's just such a yeah. Again, it could be anything. It could be a YouTube series. It could be a book with chapters, and I think that's usually a sign of a really good idea. Nice. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned the recorded music uh, analogy to smartphones and stuff. There's another one on chain stores where. The big panic about chain stores was that everyone was worried about the kind of small-timey businessman who everyone loved and the neighborhood was all friends with. And, and it turned out that actually in the past, the you know local neighborhood shopkeeper, his prices were probably sky high. And there was a lot of animosity towards him. And so this is harking back to a golden age which never existed, which hmm. obviously is something that is very pertinent now. So, uh, yeah, that, those are the ones that really hit home. There's another one on the novel, which is one that I wanted to bring up because it's my least favourite of the ones that have come out. And I worry that it's sort of announcing a sea change within the podcast where um, it turns out that the host, Jason, has written a novel as well. And he spends a lot of the airtime talking about the fact that he's written a novel um which is you know absolutely fine if it's once but it's dotted throughout the show yeah and then kind of embedded into the content and um (laughs) so hopefully there's less of that in future but yeah these early episodes like recorded music chess is another good one uh yeah they all hit the spot for me yeah check out chess freddie these are all these are all things that you're exposing that i i I couldn't expect there to be a a a kind of any kind of panic over right then yeah chess okay um i mean i I suppose it makes sense i mean it'll probably make even more sense if i actually listen to the episode but yeah wow now tom tom when you when you filled in our uh, recommendations document you you gave us two podcasts and very graciously said that we might only have to cover one but i think jack and i both happily delved into both of them so you have a free pass to talk about both in as much or as little detail as you like um so i don't mind which one you choose first it's totally up to you uh brilliant i think then i will take your uh generosity and talk briefly uh, about song uh only because it's it's a contained podcast i think mm. it's only about eight episodes long so it's not it's not meant to be ongoing although i would love for it to continue mm. um it's made by a guy named jonathan mann who's kind of probably the most internet famous for being the song a day guy so he yeah. has had um a YouTube channel uh, that where he's been posting a song a day, often through very uh, interesting circumstances. Uh, th- he posted one when his grandmother died. Uh, he posts. He's been. He's posted. You know, several uh, during different trying times in his life. So he's he's interesting in and of his own right. But Songonauts is 
this doesn't make for good radio, but I, I'm almost loath to describe it just because I, <laughs> I would love for people, if you're going to listen to it, to just go and just listen to it and just sort of experience it that way. But I guess I guess the easiest thing I could say is it's it's basically a musical as a podcast. It's like, what if musical, but podcast, which is maybe slightly pertinent for me because uh, Luke Leefield, who was so uh, kind to me and on, and uh, was a guest of yours on episode four and recommended me for this, uh, has written a musical that I'm in, slight plug. Um, <laughs> and that, that'll be at Edinburgh Fringe this year, slight plug. Um, but I think the, the, the joy of Song of Knots is it's a very contained story. It posits a universe where music is a force for good, but creative originality is a force for good. And there are these these, these young people. It, it's almost like a, I don't even, it's like a Nickelodeon show. It, there's right. these young people that are, that are contacted by, uh, uh, by a person who has a device that allows them to travel into the Songiverse, uh, which is where all songs are kind of uh, contained. And there is a horrible thing happening in there. You know, it's not, it's not subtle in this way. Through a lack of, of creativity, basically, <laughs> and, and copyright law and, and, and what have you, uh, like all of the kind of prevalent and pressing issues of, of being a, a creative right now, especially in the music world. And it's their job to go in there and essentially try and, and fix it. And I, I won't go any, into any more of the plot, but what, what I love about it is, is just that it, it, it introduces music in a very seamless way. It feels natural, uh, like the best musical. I mean, if you hate musicals, then definitely this probably won't work for you. But yeah. uh, the, the music is sort of just introduced kind of and it's very seamlessly. It, it is launching the song. Sometimes it, when I say seamless, I don't mean that they're not overt about it. So sometimes they're like, well, maybe if we sing a song, this will work out better for us, <laughs> uh, which I also love. Like, I think that musicals that are very conscious of their musicality is interesting. Um, and uh, yeah, I just I, I, I long for a second season or, or just something else from him in this in this world. But it's it's it has incredibly high production values. Mm. Like it's overwhelmingly produced. I would uh, I would say like you can feel it. As a visual, you can feel it as an animated series. You could feel it uh, as being a lot of things, but it's but lovingly, it's a podcast. So I got to talk about it uh, here. Yeah, brilliant. Oh. Go on, Jack. Uh, well, yeah, I'm eager here because I loved it. I listened to the whole thing over the past few days, and in fact, even in my notes here, pretty much echoes a lot of what you said, Tom. But basically, a kids' cartoon in sound form. I also got like some strong Scott Pilgrim vibes, where you got mm. nerdy teenage musicians having to basically become superheroes and i think what's really remarkable is that the premise of turning songs into these like visual and tangible worlds um is a great idea and yet they're making it happen through sound and yet because the sound design is so amazing you just know that it's taking place in or at least i felt like it's taking place in one of these like surreal pixar style magical universes i mean like i I got also some inside out vibes in the sense that i could imagine sort of mountains made out of guitars and all this kind of stuff and a lot of big blocks of Mm. color just simply through the details in the sound design it's sort of that's what it evoked for me and i thought that the characters were super duper strong and even like the minor ones were great i could imagine like there being like a plush series of buzzkill toys quite (laughs) easily if this was a tv show Um, yes I thought the puns, the little kind of in-jokes and stuff and breaking the fourth wall was all great. I mean, the fact that they, when they're in their zone called obscurity, they get locked in a John Cage was definitely a joke on my level. Um, mm-hmm. And also as well, there's like a, 
a really great bit where they basically lay out the origin of the Songiverse, which I thought it was brilliant. Like, as a bit of, you know, one of those cartoon bits of folklore, like fairy tale folklore, I thought was really, really great and super well done. The only bit that I struggled with a bit is that the music itself is not my vibe. I mean, it's so, so right for the show and it fits the band perfectly, fits the universe. But the songs kind of go on for like two to three minutes. And, you know, when you're kind of halfway through the chorus of a song that you're not into and knowing you've got to go another round with it, it's it's hard going. But other than that, I mean, that's a personal thing. I thought the show itself was so amazing and i'm so surprised that i hadn't heard about it before now so super grateful for you putting this one in my direction tom yeah i um feel much the same really i've actually only <laughs> listened to the yeah i know this is this is a great show Flipping out. um it's, it's been a, it's been a day um, it all around <laughs> <laughs> no i i've only listened to the first episode so far and i'm almost annoyed that i left it until yesterday to listen because actually i, I really would have loved to have listened to the rest of them but I'm, I'm and i'm going to now because i now i've started it i, I do want to see how this narrative plays out and hopefully i think we've we've you've done that justice tom and not explaining the narrative in full so that hopefully listeners to our show will go away and do do what i'm doing i think if you're not listening with like headphones or earbuds or something you're really missing out on that really good production um i i went on a walk at lunchtime yesterday and and listened to it with with my earbuds and and it was fantastic it's really really well uh designed in terms of the sound and I, i i really kind of felt myself in those scenarios that they were in i felt those settings really strongly and um i think sometimes we you can get like narrative podcasts that try and attempt to do this and it feels um overbearing to the point where it feels very forced and this just felt very considered and very well layered and very natural to the point where it it didn't feel like they were trying to evoke a place i just felt like i was in that place which was a really really lovely thing and yeah i think you know the um it feels like the kind of show that's um you know super super aware of itself and 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 what it is which is really really nice so you know you mentioned that they they, they kind of lead into songs by saying oh you know we'll, we'll have to what if we did a song about it or you know oh we'll have to do a song right now and and that makes sense and it and yeah it is refreshing to to see see a show that's kind of yeah like you say musical based that doesn't doesn't try to hide that in any way and I think it's also just testament to it that uh, we three grown adults like something that on the face of it you could you could you could write off as being purely a kids show but it's it's clearly not because we've all enjoyed it um and I think that that's always a really really good sign I should say yeah there's um I'm sorry go ahead I was just gonna quickly say that uh Jonathan Mitchell from the truth is also involved which um, may prick some people's ears up because I know we've covered this, uh, covered the truth on the podcast before. So, just wanted to give that a mention. Yeah, th- I, just a, a note on the on the music. I kind of like I would call it twee, which is probably a pejorative to some people. But I kind of stopped listening to music for a while, and then when I kind of came back interested into it and and realized there was music again, it was during a time when people were very much wondering if twee was taking over there was a lot of talk about wes anderson at the time this is about the mid 2000s <laughs> and i think the the like in vampire weekend and i think 
the style of this music is 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 reminiscent of a lot of bands that brought me back into listening to music. So I probably have that in the back of my head as well, right? Uh, kind of pulling me through. But yes, I think for me, what makes the show so good is that it, it's 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 dressed up in this kind of children's world. But it has characters like a lawyer. It has this character called Buzzkill, and it's it's just there's enough in it. And I think the the um, reference to Pixar is very apt because they have they're very well known for doing that, as in as having jokes that are clearly you would only understand if you had worked an office job for say you know 10 years right um that kids aren't going to pick up on but when you see say mr incredible sitting in that office you're like yes that resonates with me (laughs) i understand that on a level that you six-year-old who only likes colors will never understand and i think i mean another thing is that i went to law school so there's all of the discussion in this uh no spoiler uh really but all the discussion in this about legal things just made me go "Mm, that's very very tasty it wasn't it wasn't a waste i now can understand at a deeper more profound level this uh hilarious podcast so yeah (laughs) Let's just go straight for your second recommendation because I think, again, uh, I don't know about Jack, but I went into this one with a little bit of trepidation as a, as a vegan um, and then was quickly uh, relieved. Mm. Uh, so my second, my second recommendation is the, uh, the Beef and Dairy Network, uh, which uh, I think there's no better description of it than the description they give at the, at the beginning of every episode, which is uh, that it's the number one podcast for those involved or just interested in the production of beef animals and dairy herds. Uh, and the phrasing is so deliberate there, and you know right away that you're not dealing with someone who understands cows the way that, uh, well, I think anyone uh, really in a universe that understands cows in a way that's very different from ours. Um, <laughs> I, if I was going to compare it to something to give a bit of a, like an anchor to it, it's it's got shades of welcome to Night Vale in the sense that it, it has a universe, but it's in our universe, mm-hmm. but it's very much has its own rules. And sometimes it seems like everyone's au fait with those rules. And then, Sometimes they're really not. And I think that kind of tension, like, is this one of the people who knows what's going on? Or is this one of the people (laughs) who is going to be like, whoa, what is happening? Um, So it's on the Maximum Fun Network, uh, which in a weird kind of circular, everything's a circle. uh, It was started by a guy named Jesse Thorne. And Jesse Thorne runs a thing called Put This On, which is a men's sort of style empire now. Mm. And when he had just started it, this is ages ago this was like 12 13 years ago i had just started writing uh, a, a, a style blog because men's fashion was sort of becoming a thing and i was doing a kind of early version of a podcast that was just that you could only listen to if you were if you went to my tumblr <laughs> and clicked on the audio <laughs> link and i interviewed him uh for this thing so i was kind of like tickled oh, by that wow. anyway that's enough self-promotion there i think <laughs> the episode that i recommended I, actually i should probably put a bit more context so basically it's a podcast uh, hosted by, uh, it's made by a guy named Benjamin Partridge, and he hosts it as a companion to the website, which is also kind of a strange thing. And then it's all about just raising cows specifically to eat uh, or to milk uh, and and everything around that. And 
you immediately know that something's not quite right. This is not playing it straight because it's every episode is 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 sponsored by a thing called Gravax, uh, <laughs> and it's you know like a nutritional sand. I think is the is the sponsor the, uh, <laughs> item they're spon- they're promoting this time, and you know like don't don't let your cows eat it and then drink uh, and that kind of thing. Anyway, the main hook though, the reason that I, I suggested this episode is that it's the one. The first three were okay. Uh, I like them well enough, but this is the one where like something in my brain and just went like i don't know cheered or something it just it just it just awakened a part of me that i didn't know was hungry for something and i could after that point i couldn't get enough and it's a character that's introduced in this episode called eli roberts he is the owner of what appears to be an abattoir although uh i think that's left kind of uh, up for grabs and it's an interview with him about health and safety regulations and and this this character is uh, I, I don't. I just. I, I. I. I struggle for words. He is such exactly the kind of thing that I want to experience. It's. That I should say that also that it, the podcast is very dark. The humor is quite dark. It's absurdist. It's. It's. I guess if you're a fan of things like League of Gentlemen or uh, Garth Marenghi's Dark Place, it has that kind of like. Uh, I, coming from Canada, I can say it's a very British sort of sense yeah. of humor. We uh-huh. don't like. We don't weave that as well in North America. We we tend to have a slightly broader humor, which you know, British people do too. But there's a kind of dark humor that is, I think, particular to British comedy. And this is hitting that. That's, this is banging that gong quite hard. And in the interview with Eli, through the course of it, you, you become very aware that, that he's possibly a psychopath. Um, and it's the way he says when, 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 um, when the host asks him, well, what about, like, what about counseling? And he just says, like... No need. No need for counseling. <laughs> we have Skittles tonight. <laughs> and I just, you know, like, I didn't even know what Skittles were. It didn't matter. I didn't know some of the words he was saying. It didn't matter. His delivery was so perfect. And I could imagine him entirely. I could imagine him so clearly, this man who was running this business, where it was just, it was so certain of his, of how right he was. Um <laughs> <laughs> and I, yeah, I, I've fallen in love with it. I've, I've, I've been listening to it uh, ever since. And, and, and lovingly, Eli Roberts becomes like a, a recurring character and just grows and grows. And, 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 and later stage, Eli Roberts is, is a thing to behold. They, they take that and go <laughs> beautiful, beautiful places with them. Um, but yeah, that's the Beef and, and Dairy Network. I don't know if I described it well at all, but that's my, that's my feeling. I, I give a sense poem of it, perhaps. <laughs> Well, I mean, I think I think I think you did a pretty good job there. I, 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 um, yeah, I went into the when I first saw it in your recommendation thing. I thought I couldn't quite a hundred percent work out whether it was real or not. And there's a brilliant sense of that that still remains, even though I've already listened to an episode now. And I think there's something brilliant about that. I had the weird fortune or misfortune, however you want to look at it, of doing some work for two agricultural colleges uh, <laughs> and interviewing lots of people who work there and <laughs> study there. And brilliant. It, this feels like the kind of thing that is it, it, very close to the truth, but just far enough away that it's hilarious. Um <sighs> But close enough that it that it that it could just just be a real thing, um, and there's 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 something there's something really like uh, compelling about that, and that's what I really really enjoyed. This 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 character Eli is a hundred percent 
the the father or grandfather of someone I've interviewed. Um, <laughs> that's the only way I can describe it. It's not particularly relatable for anyone listening to this show right now. But um, it, 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 there is something really good about the writing that feels like, although it's quite clearly humour, and you're right, it's very dark humour, um, it also is brilliantly close to reality right. in a way that's either hilarious or really sad depending on which way you want to look at it um i thought it was really really well put together i think uh in terms of the 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 episode itself it was like the perfect length because you know this is this has been going for a little while now and there are a fair few episodes and how 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 much of this can you take in in one hit um so i i i think it i think it works really really nicely at the kind of length it does and it, it kind of rounds off very nicely in a way yeah i really really enjoyed it i just found it amusing and uh and and yeah weirdly compelling in in a way that it almost felt real but it wasn't and yeah i'm not i'm i'm articulating this even worse so there you go jack <laughs> save me just dig me out of this please no i, I won't because the, the problem that i've had is so uh, i've listened to this podcast before on a few occasions and have found some bits so incredibly funny and then try to recount them to friends generally when i've yes. been drunk and try to recount the funny bit and had it fall flat on its face because i quickly realize that the reason that i'm laughing so much i think is because you get so invested in the situation and the universe that they create that you suddenly start to align your sense of humor with this strange odd universe and to kind of extract one of those jokes and then plant it in front of someone is a bloody stupid idea it doesn't work but that's the mm -hmm. magic of the the podcast is that it generates this thing that you have to calibrate to as a listener this whole this whole world and there's, there's these characters that you gradually get to know i mean i find myself actually um throughout the interviews on this podcast laughing more and more throughout a conversation as i get to know a character i thought it was great that you picked a first occurrence of eli here because uh, i've only heard one other episode with eli in it but it's one where he talks about his kind of ongoing love slash murderous relationship with a bull called malcolm um that he tries <laughs> yes. to do in and the the sort of reverie with which he speaks about malcolm as he's talking about how he you know makes malcolm drink bleach and does all this stuff to malcolm is unbelievable but played and the whole thing is just played with an impeccable straight face and I also get the impression that the whole thing is structured around maybe they have some notes and stuff, but there's a lot of improv and a lot of points where I'm wondering whether the host or the guest has just said something that has completely changed the situation and now suddenly they have to act like that is true. Yes. One other episode of this that I really enjoy is with a chap called Philip Mushroom, who actually today when I was listening to him again on a different episode, found out was played by Daniel Rigby, who... I really like as well but um they talk about philip mushroom uh he's an actor in tv shows and they talk about his work in a show called beef justice which <laughs> yes. if people people should check that out i mean there's one point where he talks about the fact that the second season really took off after the first season because the second season was the one where he finally turned around and faced the camera after a whole season of being filmed from the back which what i just absolutely rolled up in my car which is bloody dangerous but i, I just 
absolutely thoroughly love this podcast i'm so glad it exists and i think it, it is right on the line of i mean as you said freddie i think the first time i came in i was like i'm pretty sure this is a, po- a comedy podcast and then the intro comes in and i was like okay that's a bit clumsily worded but it could be real i'm still sure this is a comedy podcast and then there's generally just one point where they then say something like oh there's a lot of actors you know uh, pretending to be bulls like two actors getting in a bull and hiding out for five months <laughs> yes. and you're like okay no fine it's definitely not a real thing <laughs> it's just the point that pushes it out over the absurd so yeah so glad to be able to talk about this podcast another winner <laughs> i'm i'm so glad to hear that i think the what the what this doesn't make any sense to me but uh to get back to, to something that i said earlier it has the sheen of some of someone who's listened to a lot of these yeah like, that doesn't make any sense but it has the manner and the it's just so well pitched like if it, if it had none of the absurdist elements and none of sort of the darker elements it could very well be a podcast about people who are involved in are just interested in the production of beef animals and dairy herds. <laughs> um, like it could be, but then um, I think that what, the reason you can't take little sections of it and, rep- and, you know, recite them to people and go, isn't that funny is that you need all of the realism yeah. to make all of the absurdity work. So, you know, when they start talking about how there's only four meats and then the, you know, the hypothet there might be, there's a theoretical fifth meet, which sets off this whole other thing in motion. And there is this incredible episode. And if you haven't listened to it, this, you have to listen to it. That's all I have to say. It's when uh, he interviews a scientist who is, who is, who is running uh, the rover on Mars and they're getting footage back. And he just sort of casually says, and is it possible that we might discover the fifth meat? And he's like, I don't, I don't, what do you mean fifth meat? I don't know what that means. <laughs> and then it just sort of, you know, it, they just have this exchange that seems very real like as if like if someone was a scientist and someone had presented them with this sort of concept they'd be like i don't i don't know what's happening now but he just sort of continues to pursue it and pursues it with so much dedication that you're like well i guess this like this could be someone who thinks this and i think that's you know there's there's nothing like humor that like you said uh, skirts the, the 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 divide between is this is, are these real people? Are these cra- real crazy people who have somehow made a podcast and we just don't know? Like, if, it, it could be. They could be, like, escaped from somewhere and they're just making this podcast uh, and, and harassing real people. It's, uh, it's, 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 it's a lot of things that I like, basically, in one weird, weird package. Well, I'm going to bring the mood down slightly with Classic. my recommendation. Yeah. Classic. Um, <laughs> I've listened to other podcasts, other episodes. I know what happens. <laughs> yeah, this is this is this is a this is a typical thing for us where I come in with something entirely different. Um, and my entirely different recommendation uh, this week is a podcast that I haven't actually been able to stop listening to, apart from the point where I finished it. But I, I, it was one of those rare podcasts where I listened to the first episode and then I couldn't listen to anything else until I'd listened to the all of the episodes and the last episode and then I could start listening to other things. So I'm drastically behind on my general episode party listening right now because of this. So I'm hoping this is worth it. This podcast is called The Dream and it's a podcast that is all about uh, multi-level marketing or affiliate marketing or n- network marketing or direct sales 
sales or any of those things. There all seem to be words that are roughly about the same thing. We've been recommended it on Episode Party, as Jack reminded me the other day. And uh, it's come up as a recommendation in other podcasts I've been listening to. So having some kind of vague interest in this and knowing people who are involved in multi-level marketing businesses i was i was really intrigued and i was super super engrossed in it for for a few days because i think it it covers a really wide spectrum of different different it just it comes at it from so many different angles across each episode so the episode i recommended which is episode one which is called wanna swim in cash goes back to the kind of origin story of multi-level marketing schemes um and it effectively talks about you know the very first pyramid schemes and they are literally pyramid schemes and uh this episode for me is just is 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 wild in itself because of how open and obvious these things are as pyramid schemes but um they do a really good job of of uh exposing them in a way and talking about them in a way that uh captures how kind of new and novel they would have been at the time and they managed to interview a fair few people who were involved with them some of which uh became very skeptical and got themselves out of it uh there's also a woman who who just does not seem to care she just seems to be particularly happy that she made a load of money and she doesn't really care that it um it kind of morphed into what it what it was and then the 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 podcast goes on i think you know this this episode is is a, is a great starting point naturally but the rest of the podcast i think is just brilliant it, it kind of covers stuff in really good detail um the there is an episode that uh i think it's called women's work which which looks at it from kind of almost like a a, a kind of feminism angle or at least looks at it from the perspective of how women's works evolved over time and how this kind of work in multi-level marketing was targeted towards women and in some cases created by women um which is really really interesting there's a few episodes that go into the politics and legal side of it um those i found slightly less interesting but i think that's just personal taste and the fact that um i was normally listening to this in the car on the way to work so i was a little bit tired and my brain wasn't probably quite keeping up with it uh there's a wonderful episode called the mind is a fertile field which is about the kind of philosophy behind multi-level marketing and where that came from and the the origin stories of that and it kind of builds up and ends in this kind of uh, incendiary interview with one of the kind of spokespeople for the Direct Sellers Association, which is the uh, major lobbying uh, group in the US for um, multi-level marketing uh, organizations. And um, he comes on and is interviewed by the host, Jay Marie. And it, and it's and it's pretty, um, it gets pretty, pretty heated pretty quickly she's clearly very personally affected and involved and i think that actually does come across in um, some of the earlier episodes and uh you know the only thing i think that bothers me about this and i i i still think it's worth listening to is that we never i never quite get to like there's never quite the kind of conclusion i want um but then maybe that's the point of it i I don't know anyway i'm gonna stop talking myself into a hole here tom what 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 did you think Uh, so i come from a bit i come from an advertising background i i I don't work in advertising anymore but if you had told me a month ago you're you're gonna listen to this podcast about multi-level marketing and you're gonna find it fascinating and engrossing and really enjoy it i've been like that's 
that's impossible <laughs> because I hate marketing and I hate advertising. Um, and obviously where I'm leading with this in a kind of, uh, <laughs> a stilted way is it's, it's incredible. It's, 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 it's incredible on so many levels. The hosts are delightful. They're so charming mm -hmm. and so good at what they're doing. The podcast is impeccably put together, but I only listened to the, the first episode and what, the, the two things that struck me the most were, one, as, as you alluded to, pyramid schemes are not complicated. They are literally just pyramids that people put money into and then take money out of them. Right. And I'm like, what is happening? How could that be? Because I, 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 um, I'm a child of the 70s. I, I was born in the 70s. I remember when uh, during the 80s when these kind of became really prevalent and, and there's sort of an allusion to the fact that uh, like these spawn things like Avon and whatnot. And I, and I always thought that they would have been quite quite sophisticated like there's there's no way so many people would have bought into these if they hadn't had some kind of like killer hook or and, and no it's just it's 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 just it's very uh transparent it's it's almost overwhelmingly transparent i'm like how hmm. this is this is amazing it's just on the face of it it's saying exactly what it's doing hmm. it's like if you had told someone they would make money because we're going to just go and steal money from other people and you'd be like okay yeah that seems good I'm, i buy into that yeah. and what's the, the rate of returns 50 percent on that because we steal that much okay um the other thing, though, that really struck me, and 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 again, uh, it's that it's the the woman who 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 seems to be, she says very early on, like I kind of knew that someone in Bangladesh should probably have a raw deal, but you know, and I'm like, okay, well, I guess I know everything there is to know about you. <laughs> um, is that there's there's a certain it's it's what it's like what's what am I trying to say? It's how your situation or your privilege also reframes what crime is. Mm. Like, like the kind of thing that is crime is very different if you're upper middle class and you can afford as part of a criminal enterprise to just put $1,500 in an envelope and hand it to someone without any real sense of what's happening. Yeah. That's a very different type of crime uh, than, you know, a very active crime. And I think that's what made it so... That's what allowed them not to think they were committing crime for so long. The whole right. thing with the rose where she's like, we found it a great idea. We just handed people a rose for it. I'm like, what am, what am I listening to? Who are these people? How do you exist? Do you, you wake up and you put on clothing and you, and you function in society? And it's just, it's amazing. And I think it's, it's just that it's a, it's the kind of like people call things white collar crime, but I think it's much, it goes much beyond that. It's, there's a certain, it's like a level of privilege where even crime becomes kind of not a thing. Like, mm. yeah, we were committing crime, but were we? I mean, were we really? <laughs> it's like, okay, I mean, I don't know. Maybe you weren't. It's, you, you've convinced me with your completely blasé attitude. Anyway, that that was incredible. But yeah, it's it's it was very compelling, and I, and I will listen to the rest of it just because it 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 hooked me so so deeply with that first episode. Fantastic. Yeah, I, I think I think it it, it, it is um, the the start of it, especially is very good, and then and then you really get into the weeds of it in the, in the coming episodes, and uh, maybe with your with your law background, you you'll probably find the the legal episodes perhaps even more interesting than I did. Um, and it's um, it, they're sort of frustratingly annoying in the way as as you, as you find out that uh the chain of command in some of the the larger hmm. organizations hmm. runs all the way up to well, one of the one of the guys is is the um was the kind of funding chair of the republican national committee and things like that so wow. it, it it goes pretty far up um jack what do you think yeah i mean again 
to echo your sentiments already expressed here. Loved it. I'm going to listen to the rest. I thought this one was a really good introduction because, I mean, like you say, Tom, I had the impression that these were ultra-complicated schemes and that was how they managed to pull themselves off. But the great thing about the aeroplane game which is the central <laughs> central focus of this one, is it's stripped back to its chassis. There's no products. There's no, nothing getting in the way of understanding how this is working. And you literally just see the money exchanging. It's like a sort of beginner's <laughs> diagram for how this is all working. And you're like, well, fuck, okay. Then that's how it works then, isn't it? And um, I just couldn't believe it. I think what this episode does really well there are a few things and i'm going to name a couple one of them is it gives you a really good idea in this early episode of a lot of the aspects that make these things work the main drivers so you've got the general mechanics like i just said you've also got that psychological rhetoric around success and aspiration and the really good vibe they talk about them walking into a room and there being this really cheery excitable vibe in the room i mean that seems to me to be one of the infectious elements that gets everyone really razzed about being a a part of these schemes and also as well the sort of social aspect of them there's something quite insidious about that as well i mean i remember being you know someone tried to pitch me some herbalife supplements on my door one of my neighbors and it is one of those things where it's like um it's it's just the people around you 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 kind of get them to trust you and then you're like hey come and join this scheme um the other thing that it does really well i think is it takes a while to shut down the scheme it's a bit like a, mm. a hollywood film in that sense it's a bit like i don't know wolf of wall street or something you watch the ascension of these people and the validation of their theories around the fact that they can make a lot of money with this and you see these people coming out the other side and being like i made you know twelve thousand dollars i had my kids jumping on the bed well while it was full of cash they were literally swimming in cash and for a moment you get the buzz that they do and the interviews are brilliantly done because they uh are, are, you know invested enough in the people and they, and they linger enough on the people to mean that you start to feel what they do the kind of excitement of just waiting a few days and making a load of money but also they zip along at a pace and they're edited together at a pace which means that you also get a sense that things are hurtling by quite quickly and it's only really around the halfway mark that when it starts to show the sort of dark underbelly of everything when you're like oh shit yeah because it's not something that i think when you first and this is how these things work but obviously when you're first presented with the mechanics you're like what's wrong with that it's just a bunch of people swapping money around and someone getting a rather uneven portion but i mean uh yeah there's so much going on in terms of what makes it such a nefarious and horrible thing and as uh, you said tom the kind of income and class inequality that obviously pulls these things apart is is really quite quite horrible i also think as well that fantastically fallible thing about the fact that these things will go on forever because there is an infinite supply of people to fund mm-hmm. it's like no there's not yeah. we know that's not true i just thought it was wonderful and and really did grab me by the by the shoulders and shake me a bit this one it's one of those podcasts where you just uh, really can't wait to get stuck in more so i will be pursuing this to the very end freddie good job 
Oh, thank you so much. It's a relief when my kind of like curveball third act of episode party pays off, and the podcast. It's usually a bit of a downer, isn't it? <laughs> could be, could be, couldn't it? It, yeah. it, it? it can go one way or another, and luckily it went the right way this evening. Tom, you talked a little bit at, at the beginning about um, what makes a, a good podcast for you. Where, where mm. when did kind of podcasts come into your life, and? Um, how did you kind of get started listening to them and and is that has that changed much are you still listening to the same things you used to listen to have you found that your like listening habits and your tastes have changed a lot with them so i'm a, I'm a bit of an old soul uh and i i think i started listening to podcasts probably as close to when they first appeared as a thing you could put onto a po- ipod Mm-hmm. Uh, as was reasonable and i feel like that would be around 2005 maybe even yeah. earlier mm. and um but the first one that i really remember listening to is is a podcast by a guy named bill simmons who uh, is a sports writer primarily but he now runs uh, a website called the ringer mm-hmm. uh, which covers a lot of different topics and it's, it's one of my favorite websites and he so that's i think for the last 13 years now i've listened to his podcast and i i do still listen to it regularly i think that why i started listening to them is they seemed to really encapsulate a, a way i wanted to consume media i mean that sounds really specific and almost maybe too tailored but that that is what it felt like it's like oh someone's making something for the kind of way that i want to experience something mm. and then of course when they started to uh so for me they kind of exploded before serial i guess a lot of people see right. it as like kind of like pre-serial and post-serial world and serials when like they went mainstream and suddenly you have gimlet and everyone is making a lot of money off of them potentially but i i kind of remember podcasts as being just these primarily geeky things that people were super interested in and just wanted to record a podcast about uh video games lend themselves kind of well to that uh board games as well like games in general they were such an it made so much sense to me it was like radio without having to have a radio station and of course that's why hmm. their reach has become so huge i always wanted to get on the radio i i I, CBC Radio in Canada is is, is is still an incredible organization, and they have really talented people. But you know, there can only be you know, there's only so many hours in the day. They can only have so many hosts. Whereas with podcasts, there are still still only so many hours in the day. As I'm sure we all experience sometimes when we look at our podcast list and go, "Okay, that's a lot of hours that I don't have, and I can't magic them up." Yeah. Um, but you know, obviously, you can now record it, put it out there, and you can reach anyone. And I think that's that's what made it so interesting to me: this sort of egalitarian nature, um, the, the the quickness of it. Um, yeah, and in terms of uh, how, I mean, now it's become such a thing. I think that I look for recommendations the same way that you might look for recommendations about anything. Um, I use um, Overcast, that's so got sort of a built-in thing if you want to find them. But I, I think now I have about uh, probably twenty podcasts that I will listen to regularly, and I, I. I add to that very reluctantly. Um, sometimes it's easy because they just stop producing episodes and then I don't have, you know, I'm like, okay, in the Mary Kondo fashion, I thank it and then I discard it. <laughs> um, and that opens up a spot. But I think 20 is about the maximum number that I can have just, just for all the other things you might reasonably want to do with your life. And also just, uh, I listen to it mostly when I'm walking. So I'm only walking for so many hours of the day. How much sure. do you actively... So if you bring in a new podcast that you like and you're really into, do you get to the point where you have to look at your feed and you're like, 
well, I feel like I listened to all of these, but one of them's got to go just to kind of keep things at a good level. Because I, I, I say that because, Freddie, I'm sure you've been in this position as well. I've got into some terrible feedback loops where I'm just like, I want that, I want that, I want that. And then suddenly, you know, I've got a download queue, which is so big, it's making my phone go slow. So how hardline are you being in chopping out podcasts? I I seem to have, and this might be a might be a product of aging but i seem to have really specific incredibly wide tastes like uh, the range of things that i listen to uh, i think are quite wide but they're all sort of very specifically selected like i don't listen to all video game podcasts i don't listen to all sports casts i actually listen to one sports podcast so i think things sort of naturally come and go for me and i just find myself not listening to them anymore so as of yet i've never had to really take a hard look I, it's it's usually obvious to me because i'll look and i'll be like wow i haven't listened to the last seven of these i just feel like i should yeah and that's you know that's not a thing is it <laughs> it's like books stacking up by your bedside and you're like at some point this is these aren't books i'm going to read these are just books i've now using as like a, a glass rest yeah i need to i need to move on from here uh and give these away and i think the same thing with podcasts sure um It'd be remiss of me not to uh, give you a short opportunity to plug your kind of work in progress podcast that you're working on, given that you put it in your bio. I I don't know what you want to give away about it at this stage. I, I know I know I know you're working on it. Um, but what is this? Is this the first time you've you've put you've done a podcast? Is this is this your first rodeo? Have you have you made attempts before? Was there anything you kind of set out in mind when you were you started to think about making one in terms of what you wanted to achieve with it or what you wanted to make? Yeah. So, uh, uh, like I said earlier, when I around it was actually around two thousand seven, I think, when I was writing about style, I I did have what what would have been a podcast had I ever gotten around to trying to figure out how to put it into a feed, and I did about. I would say like 10 episodes of that where I just talked to different people that were in the in the in the style industry, not the fashion industry, but just like in sort of the burgeoning uh, streetwear or street photography or trying to launch uh, these kind of websites where people could post photos of what they were wearing. And that was the first time I kind of got around to that. Uh, I do. I mean, it's interesting. Like, what makes a podcast? Is it is it is it is it the format, or is it where you can listen to it? And I think for me, it's sort of like points to a format. It's like a, a thing mm. you can send to someone. It's not really relevant if it's hosted somewhere that people can uh, subscribe to. It's sort of like just it's the audio format and the way it's put together and the thinking behind it and the structure uh, and the themes. And so I've been making podcasts for people. I, I make a podcast for my girlfriend called uh, Long Answers to Short Questions You Never Asked, in which I just sort of explain things that she has never overtly asked about, but I have a feeling she might be curious <laughs> to know. Uh, and that's been pretty accurate so far. I made, And then I made a podcast for my family because I was, I've, I've been away from them for seven years now, and I and I was feeling a little disconnected, uh, even though I, I do see them. Um, and I just wanted to try that and give them a chance to sort of uh, hear me ramble on about various things. So th- it's sort of a combination between of all those things. I was just really thinking about friendship, really thinking about why people are friends, and realizing that my family don't know most of the good friends that I've made over here, and 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 possibly will never meet them. And I just thought that's that's weird to me. And if, mm. and I was also just thinking 
thinking about friends because I think identity is a very big thing here. And one of the things that we don't really explore, as far as I know, is why people are friends and what it means to be someone's friend in amongst all the other things that we're exploring. Like, what does it mean to be a man? What does it mean to be an immigrant? What does it mean to be etc.? Um, and I just thought, well, this is the thing I can do. I have friends. They talk to me. They seem to like me. Um, and so... The other thing, and this is this is probably, I, I, I imagine a lot of things happen this way. I was listening to an LCD sound system song, and they kept saying the line, present company accepted every time. And yep. I was just like, present company accepted. Pre- that, if that isn't a podcast, I don't know what is. If that, that, that is the name of something that should exist. And I thought, well, if it should exist, then, then, I'll, then I'll grab it. Um, I'll, I'll make it something. And so it all sort of came together like that. Uh, it is very early stages. As you know, making a podcast is is time consuming, and mm-hmm. uh, especially if you need to edit, if it's if it's not just um, mostly discussion or mostly yourself talking, it becomes a bit of a thing. And I want to make it something that my my family can understand. It's it's really only for my family, but I am for the first time going to make it available elsewhere, so other people, uh, mostly my friends, I would assume, uh, can can get to know other friends in my life and that's kind of the format it's just me talking to friends about why we're friends which is a really it's an amazingly difficult conversation to like even navigate yeah and then kind of more broadly what what does it mean for them that someone's their friend and that's 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 the podcast or it will be <laughs> <laughs> well i mean uh you know i i don't want to sound weird but i'm uh, i i'm interested and I, 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 I've never met you, so I mean, that maybe, maybe I won't be alone in that, and maybe it'll find an audience that you weren't expecting or intending. But it, it certainly sounds like a, a really, really lovely idea. Yeah, thank you. Brilliant. Well, Tom, thank you so much for for joining us and for um, for for saying such lovely things about our recommendations and about the podcasts you like as well. It's it's been a it's been a real pleasure. Uh, thank you very much for having me. I really enjoyed it. And if if people want to find out more about well your podcast, um, what you do, or or are just intrigued, or or anything else, um, is there is there a good place for them to go? And the musical as well. Yeah. So um, to find out more about me, should you want to know about me, you can go to uh, supergranular.com. If you want to to listen to the the trailer for the podcast, <laughs> you can go to presentcompanyaccepted.ninja. Um, there's nothing really behind that. It was just the cheapest one. Uh, and if you want to know about the the uh, musical, which is called Noser, uh, it's you can go to noser.app and uh, find out more about it there. Fantastic. Well, I mean, I never got around to. Um uh, seeing the musical the first time round, but having spoken to you and and, and knowing Luke, I'm sure it's going to be fantastic um, up in Edinburgh. So uh, yeah, we'll we'll put links to all of this in the show notes. So if you are intrigued and you're heading to Edinburgh this year for the Fringe, definitely go check it out. Thank you very much. That's been it for episode party this week. Um, I've been Freddie Harrison. I've been Jack Tutor. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Hey everyone, Freddie here. If you're enjoying Episode Party, please head over to iTunes and leave us a rating and review. It means a lot to us and it really helps us out. Thanks. Thanks.